0: Welcome to Therapy is Dope with Alicia and Julie. Let's make self-help fun again.
1: But No, seriously, laughter is the best medicine.
0: Come and join us as we introduce new ways of thinking and being and hopefully get you laughing along the way. Hey, 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 everybody. We're back again. We're back. Uh, and we're talking about a
1: big topic, which we probably have to talk multiple times in uh, multiple episodes, but we're talking
0: about heartbreaks. That I used to do um, groups with all women. Well, I guess I still do technically, but it was gender specific. The group I do now just happens to be all women. Anyway, um, I used to tell the girls, like some. sometimes they'd be like, oh, I don't like other women I don't get along with other women, that kind of thing. And okay. I would say, all you have to do, because we're all women, we all have something in common. And the one thing that all women have in common is an experience with heartbreak. And I think you could generalize that to literally anyone. I feel like most people have experienced some type of heartbreak. Um, but I feel like women in particular can really bond on the heartbreaks that they've experienced (laughs) yeah Uh,
1: I feel like people in general like one of my friends I became best friends with them because and it's a male and we used to talk on the phone all day every day because he was going through a crazy traumatic breakup yeah breakup and a heartbreak and I was crushed into a million pieces right it was when I was 30 and I he might be my age I don't know so we were and, and he lived in a different city so we'd be on the phone talking all day and because of that experience he's one of my best friends like hands down best you know like so intertwined best friend and uh and yeah and and so I I really think it's not just women
0: yeah I agree I agree I think you can expand it across the board that most people have experienced some type of heartbreak that was just wrecking yeah
1: and it could be honestly it could be also like a non-romantic heartbreak it could be like some people that have this love for celebrity sometimes that they fall in love like with the story of a celebrity or something or so or whatever and what if that celebrity did messed up or whatever some people feel really sad about that or if they have they have a you know expectation of the mother or father being a certain, they could get, have a heartbreak when they, if they get, go through a divorce, you know? So I feel like yeah. heartbreak is so general and it covers so many topics. Um, in this particular episode, I wanted to just talk about r- romantic heartbreak, but there's there's so much that people could really connect with. Um, so when someone says, oh, I don't get along with people, let's say that I don't get along with certain groups of people or, or women or men or whatever, just, Yeah. Just, there's always something you can connect with.
0: Yeah. Being human beings. I mean, on a very basic level, we all have emotions. And so if you've ever felt an intense emotion, usually you can relate to somebody on that, but you know, it all depends. (laughs) I think I was telling you last week, just in our sidebar conversation, actually, I don't know. I might've mentioned this on the podcast that I've met people who don't get angry. So, you know, if it's one of those people, you might not be able to connect with them. <laughs> on some emotions. Right. Uh, so heartbreak.
1: what? Yeah. I don't see them as that bad because I've gone through so many. I've gone through over like 10 maybe or more um, romantic heartbreaks or breakups. And what helps me get through them is when I look back and go, what did I learn from this relationship? Like what, May, makes this relationship not work out and moving forward what relationship am i going to look for or what you know characteristic am i going to look for so i don't repeat my repeat my um uh, mistake and that I really mean, helps
0: yeah i think that's a super healthy way to look at it um i think it how you handle a heartbreak depends on a lot of different factors. Like, for example, I think the worst heartbreak for me was when I was anticipating that it was going to be a forever relationship. If I already thought it was going to be forever, then it was just an awful, awful ending. If I wasn't really sure about it, like, I remember my first two boyfriends, I was like, eh, I don't know. We could talk about it and fantasize about the future, but I don't know if that's really going to happen. We're young, you know? So it wasn't as, it wasn't as difficult, but the older I got and the the different expectations that I had for the relationship, it was a lot harder.
1: So what was your most devastating, you don't have to name names clearly, but when your most devastating breakup happened, how did you feel like, and what were you going through? What were the voices in your head? So what did they sound like?
0: Uh, I think I was like around 25. And what's funny is that I always thought that I would be married by 25. Like I just, that that was like my expectation in life for myself. Like I remember my sister, my older sister got married at 21. And I remember when I turned 21, I was like, oh my God, there's no way I'd want to get married. But I decided at that point that like 25 was probably a good age, like, you know, four more years. you know 25 is a good age to get married so 25 when i wasn't and i was experiencing a breakup yeah yeah i thought i'm never going to get married i'm never going to f- have kids um i wasn't good enough of course i think that's always a thought that we have um i felt empty and sad I remember that empty feeling lingered. It was like a whole year that every day I just felt completely empty inside. So, what got you through the day? Work. Uh, I was working at rehab and I really loved what I was doing. So, yeah, I think that really, and I was in school and I was busy, you know, so I didn't really have. You could say I didn't have time to be sad about it, but I was sad about it. And it it definitely lingered with me for a long time.
1: Oh, that's how it was. My Your 25 was my 30. So for some reason in my mind, I was supposed to get married at 30, period. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. It. But I really was like, no, in 20s, you're too young to get married. You don't know yourself. I did not know myself at 30. But anyway, so it was coming up to my 30th birthday. My younger sister was getting married. And became engaged I think um, early 29 or late 28 years old when I was 28 years old and so her, her wedding was coming up and I was freaking out subconsciously right just like I'm a loser I'm never gonna get married no one loves me I'm so I'm not pretty enough I'm not smart enough I'm not rich enough I'm not blah blah enough whatever right and so no one's gonna I'm just like anybody so if I if I could just and it wasn't the right time for me to get married. It really was right. I'm sorry. I wasn't looking for the right person. I was looking for the right time. So it literally could have been reaching in the dark. If I grabbed you at that age, you, my friend, I'm going to be my husband. Oh, hell no, man. I'm so glad. I was with the guy for like four years. And I was pressuring him to get married because I was like, I had to hit that mark, you know? So when, he, when I gave him an ultimatum and he said no, <laughs> he chose no
0: oh god that's awful
1: i know i remember not believing it right just going no two weeks ago you you were were talking about marriage you you were looking for a ring no way this is not happening he's gonna change his mind he's gonna change his mind so disbelief right like
0: no way denial Yeah, denial that's a a stage in grief by the way (laughs) yeah
1: then it was like wait I think I probably went through all seven stages without knowing. And I was like, wait, he's really not calling me. Wait, we're really not getting together? No, 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 no. Then it was, then I was I was really busy. I, I actually, I think I was doing online school. I was, had a full-time job. I had everything. And and you know, when you say it linger, it literally is in your thoughts, no matter what you do. You could yeah. be taking shit and you'd be thinking about it. You could be doing the hardest <laughs> rocket science Formulation, you know, that could save the world. But in between your thoughts, you're thinking about the breakup. I don't care. It's so interwoven in your thoughts. You can't escape.
0: Yeah. I remember telling my friend at work that I thought about it every day and that I was really sad. And she was like, That's interesting. You don't seem sad at all. And I was like, Well, I mean, I can laugh and I can like have other emotions. But at the end of the day, I'm always left with this feeling of like sadness and emptiness. Yeah.
1: And I well, I remember thinking in my head, and I wasn't going to commit suicide, but in my head, I was like, man, is dying easier than feeling like this?
0: So that happened to me uh, several breakups after that. And this one was another one that I thought was going in the direction of marriage, but it, it was more similar to the story that you're telling, because I was like 28, I think. And uh, he didn't want to get married. And I guess oh, wait, I didn't... What was he? He was like he was like thirty six or something. Thirty six or twenty eight. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. all right. And um <clears throat> he I I was unconsciously I guess pressuring him about marriage and he was like I mean maybe eventually I want to get married but like I don't want to do that right now and I was like oh that's fine we have time but like I want to have kids so we got to do it at some point before my biological clock (laughs) runs out and then one day he just said we want two different things and it's not fair for me to keep dragging this out uh, because I don't know when or if I'll ever be ready so I just need to go my my own way, and I was so devastated that I was like, I don't want to kill myself. But if I got cancer today, that would be fine with me. Like I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, no, see, I know how that feels. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I I remember telling my friend that too. Like I don't want to kill myself, but like I would be fine if I just knew that it, if this was the end. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Especially since you were a therapist at that time. You yeah. had the tools. You had the resources. But it doesn't that's why I want people to know, like even though we have all the tools and you have every tool in your toolbox, you have all the resources, and let's say free, you don't have to do anything. You can pick up a phone, you could do whatever, you know, you have around you. It doesn't mean it'll take away those feelings. You still feel it and, and it, it it comes in waves, and it'll be, you know, it, it'll be better after some time or whatnot right and, and facing it a little bit more but it still hurts so and it's okay that it hurts that much and it's okay to be like if I had cancer I'll be okay with that yeah
0: there's a book uh <laughs> that I read called how to fix a broken heart and it's about um grief and divorce and the loss of a pet and things that people don't really give you permission to be sad about essentially. Mm. And in the book, he highlights that people, most people have like a threshold for how long they'll allow you to have your sad feelings. Like, you know, the first week, obviously your friends usually and family are really supportive and like they understand, but at some point everybody gets tired of you being in those emotions and feelings and they don't want to hear about it anymore. And he explains that that is part of the reason that these feelings linger as long as they do, because we're not allowed to have them. Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, for you and I, and what we just shared, we were also so busy that it's not like we had time to just sit in our feelings and let them be there, you know, Um, and really dive into them and dissect them. So really, I felt like I was talking and that
1: maybe that's why me and my best friend, One of my best friends got so close because we weren't sick. He he was telling everybody and got everybody got sick of hearing from it. I um, was telling everybody, everyone was sick of us hearing, but we weren't sick of telling each other about it because we both were going through it. So it was months of these feelings. So if you think about it, like you know how, how before when we are allowed to have the feeling, like from that book, right? We are yeah. allowed to feel found somebody to feel that with does it make it better?
0: I, well, I think what his point was, is that it, it makes it better faster. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. Not necessarily that it, that you don't experience the feelings, but that you, maybe they don't linger as long.
1: So who did you have to talk to about this?
0: Uh, well, I'm pretty sure that's why I started therapy the first time, at least in part, because, um, I'm pretty sure that all of my friends were tired of hearing about it. And I was like, well, I still need to like figure out what's going on with me. I also felt like it was obvious that I shouldn't be in the relationship, but I couldn't let it go. Like I wanted it so badly and I didn't know what the heck was wrong with me for that because I hadn't experienced that before. And mm. I didn't know why I was having such a hard time letting go. So I went to this like psychodynamic therapist that I thought could like take a deep dive for Freudian, Freudian dive into my childhood and tell me mm-hmm. why I was having such a hard time letting go. Um, but I don't think I ever really did figure it out. I don't, um, not at least in that, from that therapy experience um much later on i think i i realized that i was fantasizing about the relationship and what i thought it could be and the potential that it had and uh, i wasn't accepting what was <laughs> which is what we talked about kind of last time or at least in part um, <clears throat> And I think that's why it was so hard for me to let go. But the second breakup where I was like, I don't care if I get cancer, I immediately went to therapy. Cause I was like, I already know that I do terribly with breakups. So let <laughs> me just go ahead and go to therapy. And that one didn't linger as long either. But also I met Sebastian, so.
1: Right after, so. during that breakup?
0: He moved out of our place in September And I met Sebastian in December. What? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah.
1: He moved out, meaning you're living with somebody, going to get married. Like the thought of being married with somebody, this is forever. And he moved out. Yeah. And three months later you go and get (laughs) get it on? That's fantastic. Honestly, sometimes, yeah, I I don't know what I'm, you know, trying to encourage, but like. Sometimes you just have to go out and just, who cares? And just meet somebody, flirt with somebody, remind yourself how important you are. Yeah. Just for that, for that little moment, maybe tw- okay, 24 hours, maybe 23 hours, you're depressed and you're sad. But maybe that one hour, can you take that one hour and just be like, dude, I'm the biggest, baddest bitch there is around here. Just for one, <laughs> one hour, that's it. Then you could go back to your depressed stage, do that, whatever. And the problem when people are sick of hearing from it, because, you know, because you're just this negative Nancy in this bubble of energy that's like dragging everybody's light down, right? Dimming everybody's light and you can't help it. So it's really hard to like hang out with people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. um, I've told my clients like there's all these protocols that societies come up with for like you can't get into a relationship until you love yourself or something like that. Right. Like that's one of the protocols that's out there. I, I call bullshit on that because for one, we don't know what we need to work on sometimes until we're in a relationship and our buttons start getting pushed. And then we're like, Oh, I guess this is the area I need to work on. So it's actually hard sometimes to really work on yourself solo. Um, uh, but one of the things that society says is like well you shouldn't um you shouldn't go out and sleep with someone else right away you need to heal first but but i've told my clients like look it's a distraction at minimum and the only time it really hurts is if whatever relationship you just got excited about doesn't work out and then we're like oh this sucks i miss my old relationship <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're recycling. Yeah. But I do want to say,
1: okay, one thing from your, your other point, when you said that you caught bullshit on that, you're, you're saying that you, we don't know, because one of them you have to love yourself first, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But then you said you don't know what you need to work on. Not, it's not about working on anything, right? So it's good that we don't necessarily agree with this. I think loving yourself is different from working on yourself. Because I know yeah, you're right. Yeah. I need help on these things. I don't have the business acumen I want. I don't have the X, Y, and Z. Right. And, or the abs that I want, whatever. doesn't mean that I don't love myself without those abs or without that, that career or without that bank account or without that husband.
0: Yeah. You're, you're right about that, but I guess, um, The other reason that I call bullshit on it is because I'd really like to interview all the successful couples in the United States, (laughs) well, in the world, really, and find out, do you feel like you loved yourself before you got into that relationship? Because I'm pretty sure that actually isn't a criteria for being successful in a relationship. Not saying that that you shouldn't work on yourself and you shouldn't love yourself and- Right. you shouldn't work on your relationship with yourself. Of course, I believe all of those things. I mean, hell, I'm a therapist. That's like my whole job, but I don't think that you have to be in this like optimal place before yeah. you, your relationship can work out.
1: That's hundred percent what I agree with. I think you can love yourself before really. And, but at the same time, there's no pinnacle of like, okay, I love myself. Now I'm at this level. Now I could do things. And that's what I saw this poster and it says, You don't have to be a perfect parent to be a parent.
0: Oh, thank God. Because I would be failing.
1: (laughs) No, but seriously, you can't even you can't even plan for something. You have no idea how you're gonna feel when you're there. It's like you don't know how that feels. You don't know you have no idea. So it's like how are you supposed to prepare for that? You could do the steps mechanically prepare, yeah. But can you spiritually emotionally prepared okay i'm going to be emotionally prepared for in case one of my friends passes away early in his lifetime or her her lifetime it's like what what the hell you can't you can't there's no way your mind is going to be okay with like let's picture this a horrendous whatever so that you could be prepared so you're not so heartbroken when that happens
0: nah i tell my clients that all the time because some people think that anxiety helps them because they imagine the worst case scenario and prepare for it. But <laughs> there is no preparing for these things. Like if the worst case scenario happens, you could say, I knew that that was a possibility. And so I'm not completely shocked, but you yeah. can't say, I'm not feeling any emotions because I already knew this was going to happen. Like, yeah, yeah. Come on. Okay. Come on. <laughs> you're still going to have an emotional reaction
1: yeah and it's going to be
0: hard to predict what that'll be
1: yeah what i can do and i and what helps me when i go to breakups i always ask why so i start why am i so sad right now oh i'm sad because i thought i was going to marry this guy why did i think i was going to marry this guy i thought i was gonna marry this guy because blah, blah blah Why did you think those things, and, and, and I keep going to why so I could enti- eventually find that that little story that I told myself that this was going to be forever or whatever. And then you, when you realize that it, a lot of times for me, um, it was an ego trip. Like Ooh. it was a, it was a, yeah, it was a punch in the ego that made me feel so sad about it. It was like, he left me. So it means that I'm not worthy. Yes. Right. So it I means that's okay. a the
0: At the core of all breakups because I think our natural instinct is to feel rejected. And I think it's in How to Fix a Broken Heart where the guy explains that the reason that we feel so shitty when we have a rejection is because back in the day, evolutionarily speaking, when we had villages, if you got exiled from the village, that usually meant death so rejection did equal death for a long time so now it feels like rejection is death and it feels like we're not good enough and that's not the case at all maybe maybe we didn't fit that person well enough but that doesn't mean that we're not good enough in general
1: i love that analogy i mean i love that that story that you told because it really explains a lot for why people have a fear of rejection because didn't they say the number one fear is like public speaking? Yeah. And then is death. So second to death, I mean, you know, like like the, the, your biggest fear in people's lives are to feel a rejection, right? Because you're standing in front of a bunch of people and you might totally be rejected from this entire group of people versus dying dying so you literally your heart stops beating you're not on this planet anymore is less scary than standing up in front of a group (laughs) testing your level of acceptance validation to the people isn't that crazy you think about it wow
0: well and i don't know if you've ever done a lot of speaking but i've done trainings and stuff and like the thing that that messes with me is like oh god what are these people thinking about me when i'm staying standing up here And I learned to completely block that thought out Mm. and tell myself that it's none of my business what they're thinking of me, because the truth of the matter is I don't want to know, like whatever weird critiques these people have of me, I don't want to know what they are. So I try to focus on how am I going to interact with this group and have fun with what I'm doing and not focus on, oh, God, what are they thinking about me? Because The other thing is, if I start to think about, oh, God, what are they thinking of me? I forget what the hell I'm talking about. (laughs) It just distracts me. I'm like, oh, shit. What was my point?
1: (laughs) Why is she chosen to be our trainer? (laughs) Yeah. No, I I totally know. I had a piece of advice that someone told me about uh, public speaking. Basically, he said, he said, public speaking is only scary when you don't think you know. What you're talking about yeah. so when you're up there and you go i'm bullshitting this whole thing gets you so nervous because you're like i am they're gonna see right through me but if yeah. you go i do know what i'm talking about this but sp- specific subject is what i do every single day so yeah i'm just sharing what i know I'm, I'm helping them become better by sharing what i know and i may not know at all and that's okay but i but they're asking me for a specific thing that they they know that I know. So now I just need to know that I know. And that really helped me a lot. Cause I go, that's true. I'm not up here bullshitting. Like I literally have this many years of experience. I really like, this is what I believe. So why not just tell people what I believe.
0: And I think that's a great, uh, like um, shift shifting point to say, when we get rejected, it's also not saying you don't know anything or you're not good at anything, or you're not good enough for anyone. It's just saying uh, maybe like this person can't handle this one thing about me, or this person can't handle this one thing about marriage, right? Because in both of our scenarios, we were talking about people who didn't want to get married, and mm-hmm. is marriage really about me and you? No, marriage is about, it's a totally different concept that felt really uncomfortable and scary to those people for some reasons that probably had nothing to do with me and you as individuals. mm mm-hmm. right. So it really, rejection feels personal, but it really isn't. It really isn't about who you are as a person um and you know in those scenarios it's easy to see but if if your partner for example and I've heard this unfortunately before says something to you like well I'm just not attracted to you anymore oh, or you just gained a it? lot of weight uh oh, yeah people that's say to that. you not to me but yes I've heard these from from mm. clients their partners saying stuff like this to them that first of all is absolutely not true it's absolutely not true that because you gained weight, somebody's not interested in being with you anymore. Um, because attraction is, is definitely deeper than, than that. Um, it could be true that the two of you fell apart and your connection was lost. That is actually very easy to have happen. And that's actually the number one reason for divorce. So, um, but because we don't necessarily know how to process things sometimes we just assign a meaning to things and men in particular are very bad at digging deeper to see what's really going on with themselves and so they'll just say things like that that aren't true and then it feels very personal so like oh, oh he's breaking up with me because i gained weight and because i'm not attractive enough um when in fact that's not what's going on at all so even when people are telling us that it's personally about us usually that's not necessarily true and i think about like this one client of mine um he just wanted he wanted a more like subservient submissive wife and he married this girl who was like super independent and super firm in her boundaries and he just like they were clashing all the time There's nothing wrong with either one of them. He's a very nice, respectful man. She's obviously an independent, confident woman, but they just don't work together. So if they were to not work out, which spoiler alert, they're not. (laughs) (laughs) It isn't personal. It's not because she did anything wrong or he's not good enough for her. It's not like that because I guarantee he will find a subservient woman who fits him very well. And I don't know if she'll date, but if she does, I know she can find somebody who would fit her better than him. Does that make sense? She doesn't want to to right now. Yeah, she's kind of a bummed.
1: Well, yeah, when she when she will date again, it's not like, you know, she I'm sure she's going to date. she's just bummed right now. But the thing is, is because I think what she's bummed about is she's taking it personally and it goes to that. Uh, I really love this book um, and it's the four agreements and mm. one of the agreements, right. To live your life is don't take it personally because yeah. really okay, let's say you and I had a conversation, right?
0: Well,
1: mm-hmm. let, let's, let's, let's talk about me and a, a boyfriend or whatever, right? Because we're talking about breakups. So let's say I'm at work and I just had a crazy busy day, whatever. And we had in the morning, we had plans, Hey, um, let's do a fun dinner night out and I'm gonna mm-hmm. spoil you. We're gonna go to a steakhouse, we're gonna go blah, 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 whatever, right? So I'm like, yeah, let's go dress up, cool. And I and I get to work and I'm do you know, I'm putting out fire after fire. And it's one of those days that's like this could. This literally is the worst day and everything that could go wrong possibly, possibly would go wrong too, even like the toilets getting clogged, right? Mm. So everything and I'm like, oh God, I'm bummed out and the plumber's not here and I'm clogged. I'm, you know, I'm plunging the toilets. I'm doing this. I'm doing the deliveries. I'm blah, blah, blah. And I'm running, run. I'm sweaty as hell, right? <laughs> and traffic isn't, I'm in LA. So traffic isn't going to be my friend. So we're supposed to have dinner at seven and he gets off early at four so he could get flowers and he could so he's excited because today was an easy day for him um all his let's say he had like five meetings and three of them got canceled so he had Uh. two meetings he had oh today is but I got a workout in I got a nice lunch I got work early I'm home with flowers she's gonna love this and I have my day so I come home Late, so I'm coming home at six thirty. I get home at six thirty when I thought I was gonna get home at five thirty, and I'm like, I'm covered, literally in toilet water. This is not working out. I need to take a shower. And he's like, But it takes us half an hour to get to a restaurant. We gotta leave now. No, bitch. I am not gonna be on the same level. So he could choose and say she had a really bad day. I'm not gonna take this personally. And I'm just going to cancel reservations and postpone it for a different day. Fine. Doesn't matter if I, we eat today or eat tomorrow or we can take a later dinner. Doesn't matter, right? Or he could say, she planned this so that, because I didn't choose a restaurant that was nice enough for her. I didn't buy nice enough flowers for her. I didn't, I wasn't there enough for her during the day to help her through this.
0: I'm I'm the deficit. I'm the problem. Right. Well, if I was more handsome, if
1: I was smart, if I was funnier, maybe I could get her in a better mood, but I'm not. But because of that, she turns around and says, I don't want to go to dinner with you. But in reality, <laughs> I has nothing to do with you. I'm covered in toilet water. I'm not going to do that. Right? So, so sometimes you got, you really have to be like, take your emotions out of it. Think of it like you're looking at someone else's relationship. Look at it logically and that could help you remove yourself from taking it personally and hurting the relationship overall.
0: I think part of the problem is that we assume that other people are, we assume that we know why other people are behaving the way that they are. Oh, But the truth of the matter is, half the time, other people don't even know why they're behaving the way that they are. Hmm. So we're over here like, I know he did that <laughs> on purpose, or yeah. I know she she's she's falling out of love with me. She's not interested in me. And really we're just like projecting our own insecurities onto the relationship. And there could be five other reasons why that's happening reasons that we can't even think of. Like sometimes clients will bring in a scenario and I'm like, damn, I have no idea why they'd behave that way. And I really don't, I can't, my mind can't process why a person would do that. Um, but that doesn't mean that they don't have their reasons.
1: (laughs) Correct. Yeah. I agree with that. And it's easier said than done because on this podcast, we sometimes say things like, Oh, it's just do this. Right. But you and I get into our own thing, right? And, you know, two days ago, I was screaming, uh, when, you know, at my boyfriend going, blah, blah, blah. In reality, he was like, I, no- I, I, and he explained his day and I went, oh, it has nothing to do with me, you know? So so <laughs> in in the moment, as much as we say now, because we're in a calm, you know, we're in a calm, safe place. When I'm talking to you, I'm in a calm, safe place. So I'm speaking to you in a logical, Julie way, right? Yeah. Versus, When you're in the moment, you're heated, you're all that stuff, it's, it's, it's harder said than done, but the awareness could eventually get you there. It's going to, it's going to get, you know, it, it helps.
0: Yeah. And I do think that when you reach more of an acceptance stage in the grieving process, which by the way, healing from a breakup is similar to healing from any kind of loss, um, when you get more to the acceptance stage, I do think it's good to say, what did I take away from this relationship? Like, what did this teach me? What were the benefits of this relationship for me? Uh, because there's always a takeaway. If we choose to look for one, we can always find one.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. And also if it helps, and this will help me kind of being in that denial phase <laughs> helped a little bit because I'm like, this might not be over. But fine, it's like, I'm just not, I can't accept this. And it's fine that you don't accept it. And then, but you get into gratitude. What, if I did leave in this hypothetical situation, if we did break up, and in fact, we were broken up, but I I just like to pretend and play this fantasy world and say, what can I learn? And what would be the next person I could fantasize about dating, right? (laughs) This wonderful person that comes, he swoops me off my feet reads my mind knows everything that I
0: want mm-hmm. right
1: shows up with a plunger that day and goes i got this honey you know <laughs>
0: so it is personal no I'm just kidding <laughs> I
1: know no, but that that actually really helped me to just fantasize. sometimes yeah to fantasize and not it's fine if you don't accept it that's okay just fantasize it somehow being putting a lot, you know, like a life lesson in there somewhere.
0: Yeah. And I think it's okay to, to work through all the emotions until you can get to a place where you can think about that. Um, and shoot, what was the other thing I was going to say? Something about what you were just talking about. What were you just talking about? Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: this,
0: is fantastic. this is obviously so really
1: good. important. <laughs> You're so, t- listener
0: alicia heartbreak bottom line is we all go through it we have natural reactions or responses that are similar to other people but at the end of it all it isn't personal oh i know what i was gonna say (laughs) the uh the a belief that i have and i'm curious what you think about this um But a belief that I have is that every relationship brings us closer to the one that's going to work out. What do you think about that? Yeah. Hundred percent.
1: And this, okay, Kate, I'm so glad you brought this up because there's another, there's another point I wanted to say. Remember how you said it's okay to to, to go and date other people, right? When when you're not fully healed or whatever. It's okay, but could be dangerous. Yeah. I think it could be dangerous because you could be repeating the exact same relationship, same guy, different name. That's true yep so but if you ask these questions that increase self-awareness like what you just said right now oh i'll I'll go back i'll go to a next uh, you know a better person it just gets me closer to the person i'm supposed to be with right and then you name those things okay the thing i didn't like i didn't like that he did x y and z i would like this or in this relation i found out quality time was important for me he doesn't want to spend as much time because he wants to Build a, his career, he wants to blah, blah, blah. And maybe sometimes it comes down to timing, literally, oh, yeah. and has nothing to do with you, you know, going back to not taking personally. And mm-hmm. the timing for him was this, but what you learned was you wanted this timing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so the next person is going to be that's going to be a priority to you. So if you have that quality time in the next relationship, why wouldn't it be better? Yeah would be better than your last one. Even if that one doesn't work out, it's still going to be better.
0: Yeah. I've watched a lot of women in particular move from a physically violent relationship into a verbally abusive relationship and then eventually into a relationship that's actually healthy and the person's actually a good person. Now, obviously that doesn't always happen, but I think it's that awareness piece that you're talking about where you evaluate the situation and you say what worked for me and what didn't and what am i going to prioritize in the next relationship
1: 100 percent. and you might be talking about me about that progression because <laughs> i was physically abused in my, one of my relationships then the next relationship i was verbally abused and um gas, gas lit a lot then my next one um was just neutral and then the one after that was super supportive and then it became more loving you know what I mean? so so now I have a person that just cherishes me and I'm like yeah that's fantastic but it, it took me 10 relationships to get there and yeah. that's okay sometimes it takes 10 re- I'm a hard learner
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you know another thing that I think about a lot and that I tell my clients about there was this uh, older couple that I was working with and they were grieving. So they weren't coming to me because of their relationship. Um, and they, the, the man told me that he, she was his fourth wife and, um, one of his wives, um, it wasn't the right person and they got divorced. And then another wife ended up getting cancer and passing away. But he was like, Honestly, I really feel like all of my relationships were leading me to this one anyway and I finally feel like I'm with my soulmate. And this man didn't meet her until he was in his 50s. Aww. And so so that like has always stayed with me that you never know when you're finally going to find the right relationship and it might not be until later on in life. Yeah. You know? And that's just the way things go sometimes. And think about all the people who are married and staying together for the kids, or because the kids are young, or because of finances, or whatever, they're waiting for the right circumstances to leave. And what are we going to say? Like, oh, well, you missed your window, the fine love, like, yeah, <laughs> you, can you can find love again.
1: Yeah, I'm 38. And I'm not married. And I, I don't know, I just, you, there's, there's no timeline. Once you release those rigid definitions of what love is supposed to be right love is supposed to be you're supposed to be married at you 25 me 30 we're supposed to have kids at blah 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 we're supposed to right and i don't know just we both loving our lives so much it's like i'm so glad all that didn't work out
0: oh my god oh my god me too (laughs) <laughs> could you imagine
1: the person that stayed with the person at 25 when you're 25 that person that guy picture that guy imagine marrying him and having kids and the feeling obligated to stay with that
0: guy mm. it would have been miserable and i even think about the guy i was with at 28 um, he was a really anxious person and i at the time i was like oh i can i can handle it it makes me calmer that he's anxious but after we <laughs> had liliana I was like, Oh my God, if I was with him, we would have been a complete fucking disaster. Like somebody (laughs) probably would have ended up in the hospital. Cause my anxiety was like at 20 after I had Liliana. And if I was with somebody who was also really anxious, Oh my God, it would have been so bad. (laughs) It would have been so bad. Oh my god! Yeah, and
1: the person that I really want to be with at thirty, even though we're together for four years, and he's still in my life, and he's you know still amazing person, I love him, but I would never marry him. Oh my god! Thank God, (laughs) I would have just wanted to trap his ass. I'm also desperate. I would have been married and then trapped him and gotten kids super early and would be would be connected forever and and now I'm like oh god thank god thank god like like <laughs> somebody was was looking down on me like like looking at you know being like my guardian angel was like not nah, not today
0: <laughs> we're not doing that to these kids Julie yeah I know <sighs> so yeah
1: so I think really just rigid, rigid definitions of life and ego trips will really help you. Get over heartbreaks yeah and and oh knowing God. that it's not a you know it's not a rome it roamed wasn't built in one day you know you, you it's, it takes a long time sometimes and that's okay who cares
0: it's a journey man life the whole experience of life is a journey and the whole time i mean in the world of psychology they talk about self-actualizing which is like when you become the best version of yourself But they tell you, you usually don't self-actualize until later in life. So we're basically spending our whole life trying to (laughs) self-actualize.
1: Isn't that crazy that we're trying to get to? uh, And I I think it's the whole purpose thing, right? When people are like, oh, my purpose is to blink, to be a billionaire, to help, uh, you know, 2,000 people, yeah, with homes or something like that, or or." You know, build a school or whatever it is, right? It's like, but then what? Or like what if you never get there? Does that mean that you're you didn't have a purpose? Or I don't know. There's so many of those like when I'm there, then I'll do this. When I'm there that it's like, how if do we never get
0: there? Yeah. How do yeah, we, we never our oh. task is to enjoy the journey? <laughs> really? Because that's all we have. That's seriously all we have. That's it make the best of it. Enjoy the things you can be grateful for the opportunities you have and the things that come your way and enjoy the sunset. Stop and smell the flowers. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Hey, but it it is true.
0: (laughs) I know it is. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for walking us or staying with us as we walk through heartbreak and, uh, we'll see you next time.